So we wanted to do just a little preface here on this episode, which was supposed to come out last week, but we decided to pause it in support of Blackout Tuesday. And just with everything else going on, it seemed like people probably wouldn't reach for this podcast anyway, necessarily. I know I had a hard time focusing at all Mm -hmm. uh, this, this past days here in America and mainly just wanted to say we have picked for our month uh, to talk about films made by Africans and set in Africa. And we, it's absolutely coincidental that this happened. We've had two episodes in the can for a couple weeks now, and yeah. um, it just worked out that way. But it is hopefully something people will listen to. And, you know, I think from our perspective as white people, I always find it's just good to watch movies that don't have any white people in them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. If for no other reason, it's like, oh, that happens a lot in a lot of places in the world. Sure. And it's real easy to forget that as an American, especially as a white American. So I, I you know, I, I certainly don't have a lot that I can say about the black experience other than there's a lot of negativity to it, mm-hmm. clearly, and uh, a lot that's unfair. And I know people have been bombarded with that but um yeah i don't know craig if there is there anything that you would like to to add and um if people want to skip ahead by all means we're not gonna have our feelings hurt if you just want to get to the movie we understand feel free i mean we're not going to say anything that's going to change the world uh yeah yeah uh i mean I, i i really don't have a lot to say other than uh it's been both uh terrifying and really heartening to see just the events of this past week. It's June seventh. There this you is go. Sunday that we're, and this will be coming out on Wednesday. That would be June eighth, nine, tenth. Right. So here we go. Don't know where everything will will end up, but this past weekend has seemed really positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hope it continues on that uh, trajectory. Uh, I'm, I uh, am uh, all the way behind Black Lives Matter, and. Uh, you know, obviously it's it's long overdue. Agree 100 percent. And I, I really suspect the vast majority of our listeners do as well. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't want to position movies to be something that they're not. But I find I just like have a really hard time, again, imagining somebody sitting down and making it all the way through a, a, a movie about black people and going, yep, that really just confirmed everything I hate about them. Like, I just right. don't see that happening. So it's, it should I be do, such an empathetic experience. Yes, like and they usually these, are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I think, yeah, if you're a movie fan, uh, odds are your empathy is at a, is at a superior rate than yeah. people who haven't seen anything other than their own lives reflected, uh, either yeah. on screen or, or wherever they go. So keep watching movies, certainly from places that uh, have voices that are not your own. And I do feel extremely qualified, Craig, mm. to say... If you let President Trump off the hook for what happened at Lafayette Park, like forget everything else. You can't forget everything else, right? No. Um, if you let him off the hook for that, you are a scumbag. I'm just like, if you can defend that with any other thing that you believe in that he represent or so, supposed to represent for your party, no, uh, no. Yeah. You, you, this is the year you have to just take a pass and suck it up and vote for the other team because I'm sorry, that is unforgivable. Yeah, I'm all the way with you, Sean. Um, 
I don't know if if anybody out there is kind of waffling on uh, on what's going on right now. Just oh man, yeah, we got to come down on the side of human beings. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, I have no wavering uh, questions about that. I do not love Joe Biden as a candidate. No, uh, it will be the easiest decision <laughs> I've ever made in my life uh, to vote yes beside yeah. his name, assuming he makes it there. Yeah, uh, assuming we all make it there. It's, like I really, yeah, uh, yeah. It's hard to say what's going to happen in the next three days, let alone uh, three months. So maybe on that note, we'll just wrap up by saying I hope everybody takes care. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, do what you can to support things. I am not out in the street. I, I'm genuinely really, really concerned about COVID numbers after all this. And yeah. I w- understand 100 uh, percent. And I think it goes to show the 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 feelings that people have that they're willing to put themselves at risk uh, in very large groups to support this. Yeah. And you deserve uh, a pat on the back for me as far as you're braver than I am. Yeah, but uh, please stay safe and please wear a mask for the love of God. And and I mean something else to think about. We we uh, donated to a couple of organizations who are helping the yeah. people who are out there marching. Because yeah, I've never been a marcher. I got to say I, I am both jealous of the people who have been able to go out and do it, and at the same time, just like you, just like oh man, please be careful. But yeah, you know, uh, do do what you can. I mean, there's a lot of ways to help out. And to push this forward. And I guess the main thing is don't ever let this leave your radar. Because um, I know it's, it's left mine. It's certainly left mine. Uh, I mean, oh, we, we all I, get busy. I, we all live our lives and everything. But I mean, yeah, yeah we just can't, we can't keep playing this record over and over again. Yeah. And if you are listening to this and you don't like the protest, I'm 43. I mean, I, I can think of four such protests yeah. that we've had in my lifetime, at least, yeah. at least, um, if you want them to stop, it, clearly just doing what we're doing is not causing them to stop. Right. It's going to happen again every 10 yeah. years, if, if not less, uh, more so now that we have cell phones, uh, unless something changes. I mean, that's just the reality. I think that's just yeah. reality. So if, if for no other reason than yeah, not wanting people to be out in the streets. Right. You're really, really offended by new traffic patterns. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, re- you know what? We'll take that reason. I think at this point, just vote smartly. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for change, please reform, please. For real. Okay. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey everybody, this is Never Heard of It Podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks and yours. Hey, it's June. I'm with my co-host Craig Moorhead. And Craig, hey, it's June. How are you? Well, Sean, I'm great. You know, I'm kind of a June bug. I was born in June. June is <laughs> you are. June is my time of year. So, uh, mm. boy, this is great. June. How are you, man? How's your yep. June? Oh, man. Well, as you know, Benny and June is my favorite movie. Oh, you never shut up about it. Yeah. (laughs) I never do. So I'm loving it. Yeah. Um, I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Um, Time's passing and it feels weird. We've talked about that before. So I'm not even going to be, time's weird. Time is very weird weird right now and will continue to be weird for a while. Mm -hmm. And we'll just uh, stop talking about it being weird. It's summer. Here we are. Um, 
Would you like to tell people where they can come say hello during this weird time of time? Absolutely. Well, there's nothing weird about where you can find us, guys, because it's exactly the same as it was last time. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Never Podcast. We're on Facebook, as Never Podcast. If you look up Never Podcast on Facebook, you'll find us. On Instagram, we throw that curveball. It's N-H-O-I-T Podcast. That's N-H-O-I-T Podcast. So you can get in touch with us there if we made a mistake, if there's a movie you want to suggest, if you think my voice sounds soothing and you're falling in love with me, you can let us know <laughs> any of these things through those channels. Uh, if you just... I would prefer mm -hmm. if they would just use like a missed connection personal ad for that kind of... If oh, that is a know, little more romantic. I agree. I got access to these pages too. I don't want to get between anybody. And Fair you, enough. Right? Okay? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. And there are probably a few other places you can find us, but I don't know what they are. So if you find us, well, then lucky you, I guess. That sounded bad. Uh, a little uh, immodest. I don't want to be immodest. But uh, yeah. I hope I can be humble and still say, if you find our podcast and you like it, please subscribe to it and leave a review because it helps other people who might like it also find it. Sean, find my way to segueing to the next bit. Mm, I'm going to have to refer to my GPS for that. Mm -hmm, yeah. Oh, you know what? It's redirecting me. Oh, no. To Africa. <laughs> That's right. That's we're going to do a month of African films, Craig, mm -hmm. as you suggested. And it was a great suggestion. I was like, oh, I, I can literally think of one movie that's not District 9 or right. <laughs> out of Africa um, that I've seen that I, I know is made by an African crew and director. And um, he, that's uh, that's a ridiculously low number uh, for anybody who calls himself a movie fan. So here we are. This is why we do the show to to correct these errors in our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm super happy to do to to do that and um, and kick off this month with the movie that we have today. And that comes from the year 1973 in the country of Senegal. The movie is called Tukibuki. Um, also known as Journey of the Hyena, at least on IMDb. And this is a drama. It's an hour and a half long, hour 25, sorry. You can find it streaming right now on the Criterion channel. And uh, here we go. Let's do a logline. Maury, a uh, cowherd, and Anta, a university student, try to make money in order to go to Paris and leave their boring past behind. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So... We will go ahead and issue the blanket apology up front that we will certainly butcher some names, um, especially given the fact that, uh, you know, there's some French scattered in here uh, for yep. a long history of uh, colonization. So uh, just making it extra hard for us who speak nothing but barely passable English. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, bear with us, and we'll do our best, especially you, Craig, who always has to bear the uh, the weight of these things when you talk about the people who made this. But uh, we should jump in, yeah? Yeah, it's a heavy, heavy crown, Sean, but I wear it with pride. And, you wear it well, too. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. I wear it slightly to the side to show mm -hmm. that I'm hip. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's just kick this off. We're going to dive straight in uh, to Tukibuki. 
Uh, as Sean said, a 1973 film written and directed by Jabril Diop Mambetti. Now, there are a thousand ways to pronounce that name, and only one is correct, and I did not choose that way. <laughs> However, uh, that name, uh, that pronunciation will get you at least halfway there if you're looking, looking for this uh, fella. Now, Jabril also directed Badu Boy in 1970, The Little Girl Who Sold the Sun in 1999. Love that title. Yeah, I know. It's a great title. Uh, so I'm really excited to see this, see if there's a whole new uh, corner of, of, of movies that I want to check out, you know? Yeah. Uh, he wrote everything he directed and vice versa. That was like, that was his stuff. Like that was, that's his credits as I find them on IMDb anyway. He uh, also produced the movie along with an assistant producer, Merun, uh, that's wrong, Merun Fay or Faye, it, uh, it's wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, Merun was uh, an assistant producer on the film. This was the only movie Merun was credited with uh, on IMDb uh, again. I don't know exactly how thorough the credits are, but I find IMDb. I don't know. Why am I vetting INDB to you right now? It doesn't matter. <laughs> but they need it. You know what? They called me yeah, the wrong name for years. Yeah, seriously. Uh, our DP is George's Brocker. George's th- shot three movies. Tukibuki was his first. Then there's La Bracelet de Bronze in 1974. And finally, Nit Ndox in 1988. Mm. There were... No summaries for Bracelet de Bronze or Nit Nidox, or I guess I, mm, Ndox, I guess is how you pronounce it. But that, that mm. title, that, that last title is Nit dot 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 Ndox. I kind of, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of dying to know what that movie is. There's yeah. no summary. That title is intriguing in the most vague possible ways to me. I'm, I kind of, I'm dying to see it. Um, uh, I don't see it available anywhere. I'm, uh, I'm going to check that out. The movie was edited by Ciro Asteni. This was Ciro's one and only credited movie. Hmm. Yeah. And that takes us straight to the cast. There was no casting director, as I brought up so heavily in our last tee-up. Yeah. Uh, I was it's so happy yeah, <laughs> to have a new credit and then uh, not, not use it at all in this one. Yep. Uh, also, yeah, also no music by. So... Uh, hmm. Yeah, maybe a, a fairly dry movie in terms of music. Interested to find out. Our lead actor is uh, Magay Nyang as Mori. Uh, Magay... <laughs> I don't, don't know how to pronounce these names. Magaye? Uh, Magaye? Sure. That, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I that's it. Yeah. It's probably better okay. than mine. Magaye. That doesn't sound like, I don't know. It, doesn't it's, mean, it's, it, anyway. it sounds closer. Let's face it, you're right. Uh, he was also in such movies as Carmen Guy, uh, a movie I'm honestly not familiar with. Interesting poster, though. Now, there's another movie, A Thousand Sons in 2013, which is apparently a documentary about Magaye just after a screening of Tukibuki. And apparently, yeah, like, apparently it's like, yeah, they caught him right after a screening and there's this whole conversation about this lost love of his that like left the country sometime around Mm -hmm. that time or something like that. I don't know. Again, sounds uh, pretty interesting. 
depending on how taken I am with Tuki Buki, I'm going to try and find that too. Now, we've also got Miriam Niang as Anta. Uh, Miriam was also seen in a movie called Zala. That's X-A-L-A, 1975. The uh, synopsis of this, a corrupt politician is cursed with impotence on the night of his third wedding after embezzling 100 tons of rice. Love it. That is not a movie I've seen before. No. That sounds amazing. Zala. Check it out. We've got Christoph Colomb as Christoph Colomb. That's right. I'm really interested in finding out these folks uh, who are playing themselves, apparently. Now, Christoph was in uh, mm. Mandabi in 1968, uh, a little bit before this. was. This was 73, we said, right? 73. Tukey Buki, yeah. So... Christoph uh, was seen in Mandabi in 1968, another Senegalese film. Uh, also, Badu Boy, which we mentioned earlier, uh, one of the director's movies. And his final film was La Bracelet de Bronze in 1974. There you go. Uh, yeah, not an extensive list. Seems to be playing himself. I'm very curious. <laughs> also, the next character, Mustafa Tour as... Mustafa Tour, but with an O. The first one spelled T-U-R-E. The last one spelled T-O-U-R-E. There's also an O in Mustafa in the film character name, it looks like, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. M-O-U-S. I don't uh, That could, could be completely wrong. Maybe. Kind of well, funny. yeah. I mean, that's... that's uh... <laughs> I want to play myself, but just add two O's. <laughs> right. I mean, there's a little... <laughs> It's a little something different between me and this guy. Yeah. Uh, Mustafa was also seen in Mandabi, as was Christophe Colomb. Uh, mm-hmm. Zala. And his final film was Sadaga in 1992. Also, no synopsis of these movies. They're so a little on IMDb about that stuff. I know. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got uh, Emanata Fall as Aunt Umi. Now, Emanata could also be seen in The Little Girl Who Sold the Sun, also seen in a movie called Nirvana in 1997, a movie starring Christopher Lambert. Uh, Here is the synopsis, another synopsis I rather enjoyed for many reasons. The main character Solo in Nirvana, a computer game developed by Jimmy for release in three days, has gained self-awareness after a virus attack. Solo wants to be deleted. Jimmy wants to find his ex. I yeah, I, don't um, know. Don't know. <laughs> but why not? Why not? Was that a user-generated lock line? I, I, it, it seems like it. It seems a little bit okay. like it. Give us three facts about this movie. We'll create the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we've also got Osin... Um, mm-hmm. We've got Osinu Diop uh, as Charlie. Uh, Osinu could also be seen in such movies as Madame Bruette in 2002 uh, and a French TV series called Le Petite Semaine. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, And finally, at least in my credit list, is Josephine Baker, the famous singer, as herself, uh, just her singing voice. Assuming she's used in, in background vocals or something. Interested to see. But that's all I have on Tukibuki. Sean, 
what else do you have? Well, you did a very admirable job with that. And uh, that's interesting about the Josephine Baker and then the fact that there's not a music credit because I think I read something that implied there's quite a bit of music in this. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe it is like, uh, yeah, it's just like songs and stuff right. as opposed to having a composer. Anyway, okay, Tuki Buki, uh, made with a budget of $30,000, nice. which was obtained in part from the Senegalese government, mm -hmm. which... Um, yeah, there was some mention about that just in the fact that I think, you know, we'll see what a lot of the filmmakers from this country in particular, they're not portraying uh, Senegal as, uh, you know, a place of, of great means and, and wealth and, and prominence, right. I guess. So, uh, you know, it's a credit, I guess, to the government that they've got these kind of like grants and things like that sure. um, to, to fund these movies. So, um I saw more than one reference to the fact that this film was heavily influenced by the French New Wave and yes. was also referred to as Africa's first avant-garde film, though there's some dispute about that claim because there's another movie called Oh Sun, which preceded it in the 60s, um, although I'm not positive that that is a feature-length film. But um, the French New Wave thing, you know, that makes a kind of sense given that Senegal was under French rule until mm -hmm. 1960 and it began as, you know, colonizers in the area in 1677. So, um, you know, there's, there's certainly a connection, even if it's not necessarily one that anyone uh, in France should be proud of, per se. Right. But um, maybe they did impart some of their culture via the French New Wave and those films, at least. Uh, but Senegal, let's talk about that just a little bit, because obviously here we are talking about uh, watching movies from Africa, and obviously it's this massive continent with you know all these you know very specific countries and unique countries. Mm -hmm. So Senegal, uh, that is on the Atlantic coast um, uh, in West Africa, and uh, was a minor departure point in the slave trade, which is why the the French had an interest in it. Um, there was an island known, or I assume it's still there, called Goree, which is next to the city of Dakar, um, that was specifically used as a base for the slave trade. And the official language in Senegal is still French, although this film, I believe, um, uses uh, one of the native languages, which was known as Wolof, which is W-O-L-O-F, and I probably mispronounced that. Mm -hmm. uh, Senegal and the French Sudan merged in 1959 to form the Mali Federation. Uh, which then became fully independent on June 20th in 1960 as part of an agreement signed with France. Um, but the Federation barely lasted a year um, as Senegal and the French Sudan, which then became Mali or Mali, I don't know, I can't remember how you pronounce that. Uh, they went their separate ways uh, towards independence. And in August of 1960, yeah, Senegal was a completely independent nation. And it was explained as internal political difficulties why that federation did not last. Hmm. Uh, but Senegal is a republic that is run by a president, and they have elections every five years. It doesn't. I didn't see anything specific about term limits because they've only had four presidents since 1960. So wow. somebody smarter than me can do the math. Um, but their first president was uh, Leopold uh, Sadar Sanghor, uh, and he was a poet and a writer. So you know, things are starting strong there. Absolutely. Uh, you've got over 15 million people in Senegal, which would be the fifth most populous state in the United States behind New York and between Pennsylvania. Uh, there's over 19 million in uh, neighboring Mali. So 
lots of folks. Um, and they had a healthy uh, cinema scene there for years. Um, the filmmaker Poulin Vieira, Vieira, mm-hmm. maybe? That's right. Probably you know, right? Vieira. Uh, made the first movie in Senegal in 1955. It was a short film and made many other short films. And then uh, the writer Usmane uh, Simbane was one of the leading directors there in the late 60s. He made the first feature film ever released by a sub-Saharan African director titled Le Noir De. Made the seminal film Black Girl, which that is the one movie that I can think of uh, that I have seen um, directed by an African director. Uh, in 1966. And he was noted as being a filmmaker who was unafraid to show the poverty of that post-independence life in Senegal. Mm -hmm. But by 1980, Senegal was making five feature films a year. They were doing numerous shorts. And it declined, unfortunately, of late. So between the decade of 98 and 2008, I saw it written that they had produced less than five features total. And this was blamed on complete lack of finances and resources, which stinks. Yeah. I do know that um, Mabete made a movie called Hyenas in 1992. So um, maybe returning to similar themes or stories as this film, I'm not sure, but um, at least he's still going strong. And then, uh, but yeah, this movie premiered at the Cannes Film Festival in May of 73, also played the Moscow Film Festival in that year. And then made its United States debut in 1991. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that was just some sort of like special release, obviously. Sure. Um, or I don't know what was going on. But uh, anyway, yeah, I don't think it had a, any sort of theatrical run uh, in the year of its release or anywhere near there. Um, as I mentioned, yes, this was also known as Journey of the Hyena in the United States and La Voyage de la Hyena in France. Beautiful. I uh, didn't see any taglines, could not find a box office receipts as you might expect. But again, if it was made for 30000 I would assume by now it's made its money back some way or another. I would hope right? so. Well, what's the what's the inflation on that? Um, I think that's about $4.8 billion in 2000. Oh, wow. Wow. Healthy budget. Yeah. Healthy budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some weird calculators if you want to borrow Thanks. One. Uh, so yeah, 1973, top 10 at the box office, The Sting, The Exorcist, American Graffiti, Papillon, The Way We Were, Magnum Force, Paper Moon, Live and Let Die, Last Tango in Paris, and The Devil and Ms. Jones, which is a porn. Mm. Interesting year. I mean, you really, like, you look at that. Yeah, you, you know what's weird? Is there's so many movies from that year in particular that I have not seen still that are like, yeah, yeah I got to check them out. Yeah, some great stuff in there. Um, we talked about 73 on our episode about battles without honor and humanity. Mm-hmm. Check that out. The Sting was the big winner at the Oscars. Tatum O'Neill won for Paper Moon. William Peter Blatty won Best Adapted Script for The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And Day for Night, which we must have mentioned, won uh, Best Foreign Language Film. Maybe, yeah. We just talked about. Uh, Tuki Buki picked up the International Critics Award at the Cannes Film Festival and won the Diploma Award at Moscow, so had a good festival run there, obviously. Uh, and since then, has certainly uh, been held in high regard. Empire Magazine ranked it number 52 in their 100 Best Films of World Cinema list in 2010. The BBC ranked it number 62 in their, sort of their list from uh, critics of non-English-speaking films that they made in 2018. Uh, Martin Scorsese, you may have seen his name tied to this film. 
he has called it a cinematic poem made with a raw, wild energy. And um, he is, his group, the Film Foundation, was responsible for restoring this film in 2008, and it has been included in the Scorsese World Cinema Project box set from the Criterion Collection, which is great mm-hmm. to know. And we have to continue to say thank you, Mr. Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun facts, Craig. Mm. A little bit of controversy about this movie. Two years ago. Oh, really? A certain Beyonce. Never heard of her. And her husband, Jazzy. Uh, mm-hmm. They used an image from Tukibuki in a uh, some sort of cam- ad campaign to promote the tour that they were doing, even though that tour didn't go anywhere in Africa. Oh. So uh, filmmaker Matty Diop, who... Spoiler, we're going to talk about with our second movie of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, said in the publication Liberation, quote, it looks like it's an art director who brought them the image and no one has been concerned about what artistic and political story is behind it. It is depressing and fascinating at the same time, the unbearable lightness of the mainstream. Good quote there. Good that quote is it's quite poetic itself. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Much more about that to come, but Tukibuki, I'm excited to see it. And as the article I read pointed out, you know, if uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z didn't quite give credit or perhaps uh, use that in a weird way, that image, maybe it got people talking about the movie in 2018, so maybe not too terrible of a thing. Right. Um, Hopefully we'll have the exact same influence uh, that that did by talking about the movie and getting it in people's minds in a completely way that is uh, non-thoughtful and probably oh, disrespectful. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think our our strength, Sean, is that we talk with such uh, non-intellectualism that it forces people to think about the thing <laughs> that we're talking about, you know, like just to wash it out of their minds. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Not to get political, but I do. Don't you feel that there's like, the, I mean, when we look back at like the Trump presidency, mm-hmm. just all the brilliant things written about a man who's <laughs> will not be called brilliant by anyone. Right? No, I, and I mean from day one, it wasn't a slow reveal. It was, yeah. Oh man, we got yeah four solid more than that years. It's ketchup with steak, uh, you know. Uh, oh, anyway. oof. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave that there. Uh, We don't want to go down that path, and that's not what we're about. So come back next time. We'll we'll, we'll check out Tukibuki on the Criterion channel, and we'll have a lot to say about it, I'm sure. Just as you, Craig, will have the last thing to say tonight. You know what? When the name of the movie is Tukibuki, I don't need a last word. Well said. Thank you. Good night. Good night.